0: You are now listening to Voices Rising Press Podcast. I'm Shelley. And I'm Sarah. We are two writers, mamas and soul sisters, who created this space for personal growth, fellow writers, and people who aspire to live an open-hearted, authentic life. Every Wednesday morning, we put out a new podcast episode and
1: talk about life, parenting, writing, books, current events, upcoming publications.
0: We interview fellow authors and so much more. We are more than just a publishing company. We strive to be a community of connected, creative, real people who speak our truth.
1: We appreciate all of you listeners and are always looking for new suggestions and ideas. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know more about what you are interested in hearing. To Voices Rising Press Podcast. We're doing our writer's cafe today and the topic is open-hearted living. How are you feeling today, Shelly? Are you feeling open-hearted?
0: I don't know. if I <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm working on it. I had a very busy camper weekend with the family that I literally drove the camper. Oh, woman, heck which yeah. Most women, I feel like, are very intimidated by that. Oh, I am. I it's won't do it. It's scary just to let you know. like It is scary, but then it's also very powerful. But I'm very grateful for my husband because it is a lot of work to set up the outside stuff and do the inside stuff. So I'm recovering.
1: Yeah, that is a lot.
0: And I will say that I did make my ass wake up early this morning. I woke up at 6 because I just needed it. I have two extra kids at my house. And I woke up early and I actually wrote a blog on, what did I write about, Seven Ways to overcome unrealistic expectations oh nice so that brought me towards um being more open-hearted than close-hearted
1: yeah how
0: about you how are you feeling in your heart
1: uh today I feel actually feel like almost too <laughs> too open, too raw yeah. I don't know what it is you know how some days you just feel like you're so sensitive and in tune with everything and it, yeah. it's almost like overwhelming yes and uh yeah and then i i was like maybe i should reschedule with shelly maybe i'm just too emotional and no. i can't go through with this and i'm like what the fuck that wouldn't be even like true true to That's what we're doing yes, yes exactly <laughs> talk about going against our like whole anyways so but it's scary it's vulnerable to be like and
0: isn't it funny how up. like the resistance and then the inner voice chimes in when we are trying to be more open and more real yes it's scary <laughs> well and you
1: keep getting like if you put it out there like I'm gonna live more open hearted then life will throw things at you be like how about now
0: how about now how about you still... now are you feeling it
1: <laughs> still in there yeah? like I'm feeling
0: a little <laughs> fucking fragile thank you very much <laughs> stop testing me and that's
1: okay but no it's good like um, once you choose to walk down this road like you will be thrown some a little bit of challenge be like oh, Do a little you bit a lot of it still okay constantly yeah
0: well that's part of it it's like just being who you are as you are
1: exactly and I was just thinking this morning so I went for a walk because I always feel like it just helps to move you know when I feel that overwhelm it's like you know what just move yeah
0: move your body baby that's been helping
1: me a lot like yoga and walking the dog and
0: well and there's that piece of getting outside too and we live in the beautiful mountains and it's just there has her window peeked open, and the birds are just chirping, and it's finally what is it? The end of May, and it's finally feeling a little bit like springtime and not winter,
1: <laughs> right? It's like warm, and you don't expect snow every day. Well, so, yeah.
0: and I think that helps to lift that veil. But it's all like think of I always look in nature and whatever season we're in, and there's all these little like sproutlings, and they're very vulnerable and tiny,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And they're they're coming out, and even we were down in the valley and the trees down there, it's crazy how trees make this transition. And they like start with what is like a bud and then they flower. But the flowers don't really smell that great. They kind of, some of them smell like weird and fishy. And then they, they haven't turned into leaves, but just like seeing that process too is always like, for me, a helpful reminder of like even nature has all of these transitions.
1: Right. And there's, it feels like everything has to go through that vulnerable Stage yeah. that baby stage. Delicate. I was actually thinking the other day about how, like, no matter what you are or who you are, or you've gone, if you're alive, you've gone through some very vulnerable, like, infant, like, I need help stage where you can't take care of yourself. Yeah, and there's that vulnerability piece. So,
0: well, and even as a grown woman, sometimes I feel like I can't take care I know. of myself. <laughs> I, I laugh, the same thought process. like,
1: what I am laugh. I doing? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how to, I don't
0: know how to do today. And I've really found, for me, like, the healing power in writing. And that's why this platform is so amazing. And even, yeah. like, sitting here with Sarah and, like, how you were saying how you're, like, maybe I don't want to do this today. I find myself doing that. Or... I was actually reading through her blog post, and I was like, oh, God, Sarah has seven up, and I only have four. I fucking suck. Oh, God, <laughs> that really? Self-dou- <laughs> that self-doubt came in to me, um, telling me, like, I'm not doing enough for this, and I hope I'm not letting oh, you down. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I like, never even thought of that. I, ju- I but... went through county, and then I had to remind myself, oh, well, I help." edit the blog yeah. or the what is the, pod- the podcast and I'm doing things that I care oh hell yes <laughs> isn't that funny isn't it
1: funny though how like okay because it's funny you say that because I've been thinking so much this past week about just uh, my own self like doubt like it yeah. comes up so much yes. and everything I do whenever I played my first solo gig last weekend and I felt like A really great for showing up and B I constantly doubt myself like am I good enough am I worthy enough I mean what is the benchmark and how can I be the one that chose to just set it and decide and you know like it it's just constant and then we're gonna go we're gonna talk about the book club that we're doing next but we've I've been reading that book and she's Uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and it's the same thing it's like she's saying like as an artist
0: there's always fear fear Fear, doubt constant questioning of
1: your own abilities and your own worth and like does the world even need this does the world need my art does the world need my words and my music and I mean honestly I think we we all have the right to put our voice out there. Like there doesn't need to be some check Mark. Like you're worthy enough, but
0: totally. Well, and I think a lot of stuff that comes up for all of us is it's our past shit and even maybe our past life. So we were actually talking about before this started and like you have, you're, we're both on this healing journey and you were raised really fucked up. I'll just put it out there <laughs> like you were. Like, I mean, I was you. too. <laughs> I, was, well, I was raised really fucked up too. Yeah. I had a very unstable mother figure who was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I mean, you did too. I read your memoir. And like, we have a lot of shit that comes up. And I was even blogging about that. How, if we can maybe notice, like when shit comes up, or even if you don't notice it, there's, I had all these different steps, but one of them is just, holding space for yourself yeah. which that can almost seem impossible like how do I hold space when I have nothing to give and so even that is I actually saw that you have a blog that's kind of right there about healing pain like feeling pain to heal from it mm-hmm. and you know maybe we could notice when this shit or trauma or triggers or we don't even know what it is arrive arises and just hold space for it
1: And being, like, okay with whatever is there, whatever is
0: present. Right? And knowing that there's no shame or blame or resentment or judgment, that it's okay to feel however the fuck you're feeling. And there's nothing wrong with you because you're feeling vulnerable or you're feeling teary or sad. Or my thing this year, it's been really weird, is anger has been coming up a lot for me. And I'm not an angry person. Like, I've always been very optimistic and like, oh... I'm happy, and I see this way, and it's weird. Like, I think that I'm holding a lot. Like, Mm. I'm such an empath, and I hold a lot of the world, and I'm just angry at how the fucking world is right now. And it's been coming up a lot.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I saw this thing that says, like, anger is the voice of, yes, Yes. of fear and sadness and things that can't be expressed, and it comes out through anger. Yeah. And it seems that, like, resonates for me a lot because it's like – if you feel like something shouldn't be and it is like that you know feels unjust and anger is actually not so unhealthy it's just that when it's expressed in an unhealthy way or when it's Definitely. put out onto the you know undeserving yes. people right which, which we so tend to do
0: but my daughters had this book which I actually got for Milo a few years ago and it's literally like a self-help book for kids and it's all about like taming your fire dragons and at first i'm like this is ridiculous and junie just brought it to me because she's a junie and she's hmm. fucking awesome and just open and she's like mommy can we read this and she actually's like really listening and there's these different practices that literally teach you how to tame your your anger dragons and like one of them is like do you want to know the secret to anger is that you're the only person who makes you angry
1: Mm-hmm. and even as an adult
0: that's a trigger it's like i'm not making myself angry why would i make myself angry <laughs> Arr,
1: i'm angry Arr, about that <laughs>
0: but then there's like little practices in this book for kids which is so great and i'm actually going to read it to milo next because he's an oh, anger nice. ball, too. He's taken off all my shit um, but it's like there's ways to find stillness so it's like hugging a pillow and then letting it go or there's a movement so whether it's like stretching or running in place or going and jumping on the trampoline mm. and then there's like these journaling prompts where it's like it has the kids remind themselves like what can i do when i'm at school at home or out in public when i'm feeling angry yeah and i think
1: of anger is almost like we have this stuck energy that yeah. comes from like something not being fair or not being right or mm-hmm. you know Like you're angry about that, and sometimes it's justified, but like it gets stuck. And when we move, like you're saying, like for me, it's walking, energy, you're moving, playing my piano, and singing, or um, writing because like you're getting it out and you're giving that energy somewhere to go Mm -hmm. come out through my songs, come out through my words, come out through my body, or you know, exactly. that's, like, the healthy expression, I guess. And then if you don't, if you hold that in, it'll, like, explode on people. Like, bleh. Yeah. Bleh. It <laughs> like, does. It does. Like, freaking out of your kids. To. like,
0: Why yes. is the house trash?
1: Right? And just, like, I'm getting...
0: control. Yeah,
1: about stuff that you don't have to be about that. And right. it's actually stuck energies. so...
0: I totally resonate with that, too. Yeah. And it arises in different places. Like, I think, you know, that term, like, hot-headed or, like that's coming up in your head, right? And that's in those energy centers that are like way up top, top like the intuition. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we're like super angry like that, we're not tapping into our intuition. We're not listening to our instincts. And then the spiritual chakra, which is at the top of our head, and we're not allowing ourselves to be connected at all, mm-hmm. like anywhere. So we're blocking that with that hot headedness. And I know for me, like my anger will well up in my throat chakra and I get like this physical manifestation of, really bad acid reflux mm. like it was really weird I was at my sister's house a few weeks ago and she made like egg salad sandwiches and I know that bread is like clogs up my throat and I literally took like three bites of it and I it, I feel like I'm dying <laughs> it's so weird and then I have to like retrace my steps like okay what was happening before that and I know it's like the food but like what family triggers happened mm. like because I was with my sisters and Talking about whatever we were talking about. And it literally like stops up my throat, and I have to like make myself either puke or I have to eat straight up baking soda that will try to calm it down or burp or hiccup. And it's really weird. But I can tap into like noticing in my throat chakra, which is actually like my astrological sign of my energy centers, which I wonder what yours is. What are Hmm. you? I am a Leo. Mm, i'll be interested we need to look that up like where do you get your like physical manifestations like heart tummy sit bones head um
1: well i think it it depends on the situation like i find that my just general anger will be like a tightness in my chest in my heart 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 chakra chakra. um and then sometimes it'll like if I feel like there has to be something that I have to do because of that, it'll come like out in my arms and my hands of like just motion. Like I need to like, take action.
0: You and know? arms are attached to our heart center, yeah. which is le- linked to our ability to heal and our ability to love or feel loved. Right. Yeah. And that even goes for like, yeah, if I'm not feeling loved and I get that too. It's funny. Like with my, my family and stuff that it's like, oh, it arises.
1: Yeah. I wonder if we should like get some kind of exercise just for our particular body. Like when we're angry, we know specifically which exercises like kid's to do. Book? Yes, yeah. Totally. Like when I'm mad, I like to run or I like to jump.
0: Or... Right. Or I notice just like my yoga practice will be different. I'll be more of like a slow, like super slow, just like vinyasa, which is, um, to place in a certain way so just holding poses for an extended period of time I feel like when I'm feeling mm-hmm. really sad or an emotional fluster fuck that I don't know what to do with or if I'm feeling I think more like if I'm having more anger or anxiety I will go for more of like a quick pace flow that I just need to like move like warrior one peaceful warrior extended side angle and I'll like rock out just like Because I think my energy, obviously, my energy is more like, I need to move this business. Yeah,
1: move it through. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it's so good to slow down like that. And I was thinking today as I was walking, like, what are the main, like, for me, what does it mean to live an open-hearted life? You know, Mm -hmm. because that's what, you know, we're going to talk about. And I think, for me, like, one of them we, we just touched on is that awareness piece of just, like, constantly checking in and being aware, like, not being afraid to just face whatever's going on right? right and I spend a lot of time and I in the past a lot more but running from things rather than facing them like oh I'm just gonna avoid that for forever
0: yeah because <laughs> it's easier right <laughs> I'm gonna go hiding under my hole that doesn't <laughs> totally. exist it's true yeah
1: so that's one of them and then like when you do see it like to be curious about it not shut it down to be like what's going on there you I like know that.
0: Yeah, curious. That's like what I mine was different than curious, but mine was investigate, which can uh, be kind of very similar. similar it's yeah, very funny that you literally wrote this and I blogged about, it, but it's very similar. That's
1: funny because <laughs> I haven't read your blog yet. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: of course you didn't. But you I saw just it up on there. The same like, wavelength. Yeah, I love it.
1: I know Shelly and I. We always end up like thinking of some of the same things. Like
0: it's because we're in tune, right? Yeah, with each other.
1: Little subtle things like go off of each other, and
0: well, it's like I. Uh, that uh, I followed Wayne Dyer a lot he's like a really awesome spiritual mentor and he says the the law the complete laws of attraction are what you put out you receive back so like that's how like we're in alignment and why be get along so well or yeah tol- not tolerate each other but I don't I, I tolerate you, I tolerate not at all. you that's shall. the worst word to use, right? <laughs> just like how we just like melt into each other I you know. know well right. when you find your soul sister right
1: yeah so okay so what I also wrote down was being like present so that state of just kind of coming back to the present moment because for me like that's the foundation for all of the open-hearted awareness and everything is like learning how to be present and I use meditation whether it's walking meditation or sitting meditation or whatever just I use that to come into my present moment you know yeah and I know for a lot of people that word meditation sounds really scary but like it doesn't have to be sitting there doing like om on a mat with your eyes closed at all like I do it when I'm walking or sitting in the car or waiting in line at the bank or like there's so many Freaking million random moments that you can just check in with yourself, you know?
0: Well, it's just bringing your awareness into what you're doing.
1: Yeah, to the moment, like to literally. The, exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's why, I mean, meditation, it's just like being aware of your surroundings. So call it whatever you want. Right. <laughs> if that's a trigger, like meditation, or I used to get really annoyed at the word mindful actually for a really long time. Right. It's like that yeah. Word's, Shit, I don't like that mind. My mind is full, and I don't want it to be. (laughs) I I don't understand it. Mind empty. (laughs) Yeah, can I empty my mind? Which, that's a Buddhist practice, is like dwindling the mind. Is So, like, there's a difference between, like, those Buddhist meditative practices where they do practice dwindling the mind. And if you've seen, like, Buddha, he sits in Sukhasana, the crisscross applesauce with his hands more, like, clenched together Mm -hmm. In, in the yoga that I was trained in. You sit more with your hands like open, but they're, it's not very specific, but you're supposed to take like a mudra because every finger has like a representation of like, so the Guyana mudra is the one that I was trained on is the pointer finger is your ego finger. And then I'm, I think it's the fire finger. It's either fire or wind. I can't remember. Oh, I should know my things, but you join them together. So you're leaving like the ego out because apparently when you put your pointer finger out it's like your ego is being released this way it's containing it oh yeah it's different but it's different those different practices yeah i
1: find like it's more about what what you believe about those practices and how much meaning it has to you than anything you know like if it's helpful it's helpful but i prefer for me just doing ones where it's like it doesn't really matter how you sit or how long you sit or just you know just kind of it just helps me, I guess maybe because I was in a more rigid spiritual environment for so long. I I'd buck against rigidity and even going to these meditation centers and you know taking these 10-day courses was really hard for me because at the end of every meditation, he would give the same chant. And then everybody in the auditorium would sit together and like bow their heads and say, Sadhu, sadhu sadhu which means i agree like kind of like the You're baptist like i don't agree right but <laughs> i mean and, and his it was just a blessing for the world like it wasn't anything yeah. bad he was like i wish that all things were happy that yes. all things were peaceful yeah that all things you know and i right. totally agree with that like it wasn't that i that i didn't agree yeah was sorry about my dog shoulder. barking He's there's a some, someone nearby would you like a little more tea yes i would which ps oh. but basically yes
0: P.S. Oh, I was just saying, real quick, this tea that we're drinking is tea. My Aunt Di used to have a tea shop, and we're drinking this yummy oh, yes. chai fancy tea. And it is super yummy. It is really good. So I love thank it. you,
1: Aunt Di. But basically, I had to let go of that and just say, this part of the meditation, I'm not, like, being disrespectful, but I'm just not going to partake in right. because it triggers me, and right. I was okay to just let that part go, but...
0: I even... I mean, I feel that resistance to lots of things, too. But when I went to the Shimbava Center, and it is so rigid with the, like, you have to wake up and be in meditation at 530. And I picked the, the Pitta, it's like the fire um, meditation. Yeah, I which,
1: did that one, too, actually. It was
0: freezing balls, though. <laughs> I was wearing, like, two pairs of base layers, snow pants, and you can't wear your shoes. And I had two pairs of wool socks and like a sweater and a winter coat and my feet were like numb and you sit there and you have like this bowl of rice and it like i don't know exactly what it represents it's like shedding your shit yeah and you would like pick up a few grains and you would say a mantra and you would circle like around your heart and you throw it into the fire and at first it was like great and like mantra can be great because the science behind mantra is so it like raises like a vibration but it can definitely also play in that like psychosomatic role of like what does this really mean do I really know what this means am I learning am, am I getting things? programmed <laughs> am, I, yeah, am I getting reprogrammed because I don't want to be programmed yeah and I feel like with that stuff you just have to tap into what's right for you and even when I did that so for my teacher training that was like something that pulled me there was because we got to do a retreat mm. and I mean this was three years ago so seven six five four so I had like a four-year-old a six-year-old and an eight-year-old so I was like Yes, fucking please. Like, can I Can we, we go away. away? Yes. <laughs> yes, please. And, but then we sat with the, the guru who is Babaji. And I don't know the guru thing. That was another trigger thing mm. for me mm-hmm. because he was like up on this like pedestal the and elevated... wearing white. And he was really cool. And like, he was a very loving guy. I could feel his love. Like he's definitely a spiritually enlightened guy. But we were all sitting below and there was some weird things with like people doing these weird like Tourette's twitches (laughs) that I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like people who were sitting like directly down from him were literally like, their heads were shaking in their arms and they kept doing these weird things. And and some of my friends were like, what the hell are these? Like, are they possessed? I'm not sure. And we had asked our instructor after Mm -hmm. and she was saying how some people are really... Uh, affected by an enlightened person's energy and maybe it's a weird facade or a placebo I don't know but I saw it in real life and it was weird (laughs) it almost
1: feels like the the speaking in tongues that happens in churches where people really think they're doing it but no one else in like normal life ever, you know, it, it's like I've seen
0: people speak in tongues and it scared the shit out of me.
1: I But they it. do it. It's like an imitation of what they've seen yes. happening. And and I get I that. Like
0: terrified, honestly, when I saw people speak in tongues, they were in this weird room and I went to some strange church and because my I don't want to say her name, whatever. She would put me in like weird youth groups and stuff. And we literally had to come to this weird youth group. And in this room, all these people were doing this weird, they looked possessed to me. I'm like, oh, I saw the exorcist and that is was what's was happening. <laughs> oh God, that's scary. And then they brought us into this bigger room where it was like the congregation of people. And they were singing and it was like fine, but I just never vibed with it. And afterwards, probably 15 people came up to me and asked, Are you saved? And I had no idea what that meant. So I was like, they were like, when did you get saved? And I said, (laughs) I don't know today. <laughs> I had no idea what they meant by on. that. And I never went back to that church because it scared the that's shit scary. out of That's scary. Well, that's like, not like, it feels
1: like a cult. So much it of that was. religion stuff feels like a cult. Once you get out what, of it, it once you get out of your little group and when you're a little small minded like bubble and you see it all, you're like, oh, holy crap, that's weird. Yeah. But when you're in it and everyone, you know, I grew up in like, a church where that like speaking in tongues and and clapping and all that was forbidden like you do not show overt signs of anything because joy it all, is not allowed yeah like you, you're serious and you're pious and how
0: you know, disease causing
1: joyless almost like no beats for the music anyways yeah. and also just that whole culture like you have to bring people around you that are the same as you so they mm-hmm. verify you And then pretty soon everyone around you thinks, and you don't realize how weird you're slowly like getting together as a group.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you're just like telling the rest of the world that they're wrong, like, oh, they're wrong and we're right. Oh yes. And then there's that us
1: versus them mentality. I read this really good blog the other day about like six signs or whatever, six mental like constructs that you that if you grew up in a like a very strict religious background, you're gonna like wind up with these like mental like ways of thinking almost that will inhibit you, and you have to get past them. And one of them is like us versus them, yeah. like always putting us in a corner against the world mm-hmm. or against some group. And it's so hard to get past that and be like, look, we're all humans, we all make mistakes, and we're all we can all be in this together. We even if we don't believe the same shit right yeah, like everyone's okay. figuring it out in their own way and that's for me like I feel like I love this quote that says we're all plants going towards the light in our own way like not every plant looks the same some of us are like spiny cactuses and some of us are beautiful orchids and some of that. us are giant <laughs> trees but we're we all growing it. towards the light and that's and are. let's recognize that in each other you and right know? and
0: when it is like Darker winter times, like everyone's more introverted and just like, right? <laughs> as friendly and <laughs> it's cold out there. It's cold. I need to go inside of my own. And some of
1: us are tropical plants that would just die if we yeah. didn't have the All right the environment sunshine. or something. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. I also wrote, would you have aware, present? aware, present, curious, curious, honest, and like Who honest is being you. so honest with yourself more than anything? Because I, you know, how many lies do we tell to ourselves? Like, yeah. Afraid to face the truth. And I know I was super guilty of this for a long time, like afraid to face the truth of myself. And then, and writing really helped me actually, because it was like, if I could put it out on a page, even if I didn't show it to someone of just the truth, I mean like, oh yeah, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be perfect. And it's okay to make mistakes. And it's okay to face them
0: yeah and I think that we are all we all grow up on lies I know I specifically very much grew up on lies like I had a a mother who was and still is like a compulsive liar and lies are her reality and so that was my mm-hmm. figure that I looked up to and there was black lies and white lies and black lies were the really big hurtful ones and white lies were like the and it's like so racist <laughs> white lies were the little ones that were okay like if the neighbor that comes a really over. i never isn't even thought, thought of that yeah i know i was writing my book i was writing in my memoir and then i added like yellow and green and blue and i was like i don't know if i should put that because there really weren't yellow green and blue lies but then it feels really racist to me and i didn't That's want. so to, like, interesting put- we say
1: little white lies green. they aren't so bad right but i guess there is a constant like painting things black as bad well and and it's like you white take is good well, in
0: black in the color spectrum is every single color merged together. So yeah. like all opposite colors are it's like red and green and blue and yellow and, you know, all the colors are merged and then they make this dark, m- murky, right? murky yeah, yeah. color. And so it's, I, I like that you added that because I actually wrote about it in my book too. Like I had to learn how to be honest because mm-hmm. I was so raised on lies that that was my reality. And I had this huge fear that if people actually knew the truth about me or what I thought, that everyone would push me away and people wouldn't like me. Yeah. And even with my husband, we got married super duper young, but I had to learn how to tell him the truth about things and be honest. It was really hard and I still struggle with it, honestly. Like, and I, but I am so brutally honest now, I think, Almost to a fault. I don't know if you can act to a fault be brutally honest. <laughs> I don't know. I guess but without I, tact, but right. But I, <laughs> yeah, But it's like I have. I had to learn how to do that, and I actually wrote about it in my book. Almost how it was like. Hi, my name is Shelley Bond, and I'm a recovering liar because I would lie about everything, and it was just how it was, and it was actually more. It was harder, and I had to reach and dig deep to tell the truth and be like, oh, I'm like shaking, like oh, I remember
1: having that same like telling all these lies not just to people but to myself like yeah. that was the biggest hardest part to face was like how many lies did I tell to myself mm. and I believed them and I knew there was this little piece the little baby voice in the back that was like you know that's
0: not true <laughs> but it's like yeah you're
1: like oh, if I say it like 500 times it just gets truer and truer but it doesn't
0: Well, and it's like that part of the mind that can't differentiate between like saying something to someone and then to yourself. So everything we Mm. say is a mirror to ourselves. Right. So even if I'm lying to the world, I'm I'm lying to myself. Yes. And it's so
1: powerful. And I too went through this like huge awakening and awareness around honesty to where the point to where it triggers me, even little tiny white lies. Like I if I catch myself saying one that's not true, I'll have to go back and correct it and be like, no, actually, you know, like I can't even be like, tell a little white lie, like that someone's calling me so I can get off the phone with somebody or something, you know, like I feel the need to be so
0: brutally honest in every moment. Like I do too, Sarah. And I think that is good. I, again, that whole thing of like putting out, like you put out what you put out, you will receive back. And this was like something so silly, like probably, four years ago i decided to always be honest and my sisters were at like it was like the fort collins club swimming pool and they I like, somehow like got in through the side door <laughs> it was something so simple and it was like five dollars to swim like five dollars each per- it would have been like whatever 20 bucks for me and my kids and my sisters at the end were like just go out the side door and don't don't, don't worry, worry about it. it yeah and i was like no i'm gonna pay the 20 bucks like I want to be honest. I don't right. want it because I always get this gut pit like ugh, grinding in my gut. And it was so funny. Something as simple as that for me that normally I would have just been like, it doesn't matter. Rank. Like I already oh, spent I $80. Look at and that. I would spend $80 a month to go work out there. And God knows how much I'd spend on childcare for my kids. I'd spend like seven times as much on the childcare so I could work out without kids. Yeah. And I just was like, I am paying for this, And it was so simple, but that was like a huge, like waking up to my life epiphany. Like I am not going to just like shove the little things under the rug because I really believe like how we do one thing is how we do everything. Yes.
1: And there's that vibration. Like when you put, and I really believe that when you put out that dishonest or hiding something vibration,
0: Yeah.
1: whether you know you did something wrong, even if nobody else, or if you feel in your heart, like you're not putting out that open-hearted you're you're closing your heart yes like you're literally being like shutting down to some truth mm-hmm. or some way of being and like i've made a commitment just like you to always be honest and to go back and correct it if i wasn't and to just yes. live like yes and it's fucking hard <laughs> and like you know and there's those little moments where you're like oh that cashier missed that, and oh, but I have to tell her. Oh my god, you know? I did that
0: too on my vacation yes. in Marco Island. I literally got I got this cute dress, and it was thirty dollars, and I was like, oh, my bill was so low, and I went out of the store, and I was like, oh god, she didn't charge me. And Rex is like, so, and I said, no, I have to, it's and I literally right. had to end up waiting in line for fifteen minutes to pay for the fucking cute little romper. It was like, a did romper. they look at you like you were crazy? She she was fine. Like I was sweating profusely and. i "I don't want to do this but i it feels right i'm fucking paying for it i did that
1: yes the other day my sis, my little girl cedar she accidentally was carrying something in her hand and Mm -hmm. we walked out of a store together and i looked down and realized she was holding it still and i was like damn it and you know and literally like she was like tired and cranky and it was not that like ideal the worst thing to do would be to take it out of her hands and make her put it back without paying for it at all the second worst thing would be to walk back into that store and wait in line and pay for it and the easiest thing to do would be like just keep it honey let's just go whatever but what am i teaching her in that moment did she realize it yeah she was like yeah she she," well only because i pointed it out and i said oh we didn't pay for those it was like some stickers or something yeah And i could see in her she just wanted to just move on like let's just go home we're gonna eat a snack and watch a movie or whatever and i'm like no let's go back in and pay for those (sighs) god damn it and you did yeah and it's so important to just like keep setting that like not to be a perfectionist in that sense but just keep setting that goal of like i'm just gonna show up and face the truth always whatever the truth is if i'm not the best most perfect human in, in that moment I'm going to face the
0: truth of that too, you know? And I feel like too, it's like if we take things from other people or even businesses, even if they're multimillion dollar dollar, whatever, it's like, that's what we're putting out. And then something's going to take, like something weird will happen. Like I have experienced that where like there will be a loss or I lose, yeah, I lose something important or I have to pay this huge, crazy, like I had to do that our first time moving up here. We lost five grand um, on a house. Like we had a contract and it fell through. And it was like right at the point where i was i feel like coming to my like own realization of like honesty and it was weird so i've experienced like huge losses from me so right it's like i feel like the universe it is all conspiring or working
1: yeah i think of it almost like a rubber band like when you when you pull on it it's gonna snap back and true it's just kind of the law of the universe i don't you I don't know if it's karma or what, but it's just, I just call it the law of the universe. Like when you throw something up in the air, it's going to come back down. And, you know, there's just certain laws of physics or whatever. So like when you throw out some negative, like I'm taking something that doesn't belong to me, like you're put you're just stretching that rubber band and it's going to snap back on you somehow. It's just a
0: matter of time. It's
1: just a matter of time. And like, why set that up even? Like, why not just walk through life with like... I'm not stretching any rubber bands totally. for like my future, like snapbacks. So
0: and I literally, I will get like instantaneous, instantaneous ways of things. Like if I'm judging someone or saying something mean about someone, I will hit my head. I will stub my toe. I will cut my foot off. But I'm so I grateful do. for those
1: instant ones. Cause then I'm like,
0: oh yeah. I always be. go, thank you, Karma. Thanks for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. And I take a breath and I'm like, or if my foot's splitting I'm like, "This really hurts." Okay, I have to feel this pain. Yeah, and that's
1: okay. <laughs> totally. And I think in line with that too, I wrote as being humble, mm-hmm. like showing up with in the moment, being honest about it, and then and being humble about like, you know, setting like checking that ego is really hard. I feel like we all have this innate like desire to mm-hmm. just be seen in a good light and see ourselves in a good light. Of course we do. Right. But like if we can't be honest and humble about it and say like look I might not be the best and, and it's I'm okay yes. and I'm not gonna be the best and someone is and that also showed up in that book big magic of like someone else did it better. so what?
0: Yeah, still you have a voice and yours matters. Yeah,
1: no one can say it with your voice. No one can create it with your hands.
0: Right, true, so true.
1: It's that fear that stops us of like, oh, I might not be perfect.
0: Yeah, but if our voice is going to connect with people who are in alignment with us, you know, there's going to be someone who wrote it in a different vein and people are going to connect with them in a a different way than they would connect with us because they're not us right yeah
1: and you're putting it out there for your tribe and you don't know who they are but they're out there right, right? True, so true. you just got to check like keep checking in with yourself and like not right. letting your ego get the best of you because that's when you can't see right. that's when you can't change uh-huh. like oh that sucked but i can do better you know
0: and there's this like buddha Ooh. quote that is like when you're when you're right keep silent and when you're wrong apologize Mm. which is a really hard practice.
1: So true though. To,
0: and I find myself constantly, I'm, it's easier for me to do with my kids, but with my husband, my ego totally wants to be right. And I always want to be. To point that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and my husband has a really successful company, which is awesome. And I'm so happy for him. And he makes a lot of money. And this is like a very vulnerable thing to say, but I get this self doubt or unworth that I'm not making the money. Mm. And it makes me feel less than him which is so fucked up. Which
1: I think every single (laughs) married couple in the world probably goes through this,
0: right? Yeah, probably. Totally. Well, and even when I was making money, like I was making great money. I was almost making more money than him, but then we had kids and I dropped down to part-time. But I still was almost making as much money as he was working part-time. And I'm still doing all the mom stuff. And then I stopped doing the hair and making money. And it's interesting how even sometimes my husband... He won't even notice that he's doing it, but he'll pull that fucking card like.
1: But it's my money, or it's my, and I'm like, yeah. oh,
0: don't you even fucking go there because I no, like I oh, that is a trigger so for hard, me. Like, yes, fuck that, no way. Like I would get paid four trillion dollars a year if I got paid for all the shit that I do. Well,
1: that's just it. Is like if you pay, take your job apart and you paid a nanny to show up and homeschool the kids, and if totally. you paid a housekeeper to clean the house every single day and do the laundry and walk the dog and unload i mean just all the little things mm-hmm. which isn't to say this is all on you but this is yeah, like it is what it ends up me. being it right is. yeah and if you were to actually pay somebody to do that like you couldn't afford it right it's there so wouldn't true. be a salary that could cover
0: well i even, mean maybe
1: somebody's but well,
0: even like this like i have you know i write so many hours a week and i i blog and we podcast and i also have another platform where i Teach online yoga, and I have to literally delegate. Probably, you know, it's not that bad. That's like two to three hours a week to just each individual thing. And then on top of that, it's not like I'm doing this like with 100% focused attention. I have to take care of my kids, so I'm multitasking. And once you plug in that multitasking plug, it takes you so much longer because it's not like you can just do it and get it done. It's like I'm in this, and then someone stub their toe or jack clogged the toilet or somebody fell off the trampoline i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's literally shown that you're not as efficient when you're multitasking so you can't get the same thing like if you're trying to do two things at once it will take you longer to do them both at once than to just stop and like do that one thing Mm -hmm. and then do the other thing but i'm totally guilty of multitasking i think mom's
0: I know, like your it's tab. It's just part of your. I have a lot of tabs. You have a lot of I tabs I keep working. Sarah's tab. I try so like, hard. To... Sarah, you have 20 tabs <laughs> open. At least okay. have it.
1: <laughs> I do have a tab problem.
0: I will admit I'm it. I'm a recovering tab. <laughs> I love Okay,
1: it. because I don't like, I don't trust myself to remember sure. certain things. Yeah. And so the tab is like, your a reminder. memory device for me to okay. like go and look at that and remember that, and even if I put it in my history or, or my bookmarks, like it's not the same. It's like a list. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. Well, and that's for I'm me a what gets me. Like person. I'll be blogging and then I'll see the tab and I'm like, oh yeah. Where this morning I was like trying to post and I couldn't figure out how to get our Voices Rising Press to my account because I didn't have Facebook link linked to me and I was and I spent probably almost thirty minutes trying to just share my blog. I'm like, is this really this hard? Or am I flighty? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit Getting involved. it, yeah.
1: Getting certain things down to like routine versus. Right. I mean, it's hard. But yeah, I think. Well, what was your last one? I thought you so had one So the very more. last one I wrote was compassion and just.
0: And that's on my list too. Oh, yeah. Of course it is what I of course. wrote today. <laughs> ah, that's so
1: funny. I'm going to have to go read your blog now. I love it. It's
0: really hilariously like in alignment with everything you wrote. My that's blog funny. that I wrote about unrealistic uh, I love
1: it do. so showing up being an open hearted person living an open hearted life I mean that's just what I think of is like all those things we just said and then final piece for me is compassion is like just where can you put compassion into that situation
0: I feel like the biggest thing though is where can we turn it around on ourselves because we've all been so taught to be compassionate towards the other and then when it comes to ourselves we forget about us
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, the compassion has to flow back to us, too. And right. Shelly and I, we've been doing this, like, mothering ourselves practice, which has been so good. And that's where I find I can tap into that compassion for myself, because I have it for my kids, for sure. And I have it for other people. Like, I've been really working on this a lot, is when people do things that I perceive as being hurtful or mean or... Arrogant or rude or whatever, like, and I feel triggered is to like go into my compassion and just say, like, well, what do you, what could be going on for them that might make them behave this way? And it's not a matter of excusing it, it's just trying to understand it and say, you know, like, people aren't always acting out of their like highest self. Mm -hmm. And me expecting them to and holding them to unrealistic expectations is setting me up for being hurt by them for one thing instead of just being like you know that person's being a human maybe they have a new baby at home and they're super tired or maybe they have this their work isn't like making enough money and they're super stressed or maybe you know all these little things their relationship isn't going great and they really shouldn't be taking it out on other people but they are Mm-hmm. And we're we humans. Know. We're fucking human. And yeah. so, whenever I pour compassion into that, like I end up feeling so much better myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like, like they hurt me, but it's of okay. Pouring
0: compassion. Yeah. You said that was like, like filling oh, it up. It's almost like we're sprinkling compassion. Shh.
1: Yeah, like filling up all the spaces around the pebbles right. with our compassion. Well, I don't it,
0: know. and in the practice of yoga, I don't know who said it, but they talk about how if you can come into a practice or even like how you show up on the mat or off the mat and feel into your heart space. And if you can feel into the fire burning in your heart, because that's a constant thing that we all do. And just be with that like fire burning in your heart, Mm -hmm. right? It's that's like our way towards healing because I think in our culture, like in America where we are at, people can resonate the most with the heart center or the heart chakra right because it's like heart is love yeah Heart, you know like that so or wherever you're feeling it in your body I know for me I get it in my throat some people get chronic headaches their heads yeah Or some people get really bad like pelvic pain or burning in the solar plexus or the tummy and wherever you're feeling it so whether it's in your heart your head or your gut your foot whatever just honoring that pain and I was going to add one more thing to your list. I okay. love everything. I love and it. F- I feel like forgiveness. Like that's been oh, a really yeah. hard practice for me, for sure. And it's a constant battle. And I'm getting really good at doing it with my children. But it definitely is. It's harder to do in, like, even my practice with my husband and forgiving him. Like, we've been together for 18 years, so we've both hurt each other a lot, right? You're in this marriage, but you're not. This perfectly, like, ha oh, fairy tale thing. And Right, yeah. And bringing that. And then... For me then i'm kind of i've really been working at healing the relationship wounds with my, my parents and that's really hard and there's this one practice that actually really resonated with me and it was okay so like think of whoever you have like the biggest grievance with in your whole life so for me it's the mom wound and saying realistically how much am i willing to forgive this person hmm. and i remember when i was doing my practice it was probably four years ago. And then I was so in my ego. I'm like, oh, I'm willing to forgive her 100%. But no fucking way I wasn't ready to forgive her 100%. Like, even if I'm willing to forgive her 1% and then retouching that practice like, and sitting with it, I'm willing to forgive her 5% more today. Hmm. And I don't know if that resonates Kind of like
1: growing it. Yeah, just yeah. like
0: I'm... Or today, you know, I'm feeling like I can forgive her like 17% today. And sometimes you're not stretching it and, like, tuning back into your heart or your gut or your head and where you're feeling it. And, like, forgiveness is such a healing tool that we can tap into. And even if it's hard and just putting out that vibration or just the mantra of, like, I'm open to forgiveness. And even if you're not open to forgiving a person, if you can just put that out into the universe or put it out and around us, like, there is such this collective healing vibration and
1: forgiveness yeah I I don't know if it was a book I was listening to or or a blog I was reading but it was talking about how forgiveness isn't necessarily this like singular act like I forgive you da da, you know or whatever like forgiveness is actually a, a personal practice and it's a way of living it's a way of like living in a forgiving way so that when things get thrown at you you're willing to let it go and you're willing to move on and there's this sense of like you know might not be perfect just like the road might be a bit bumpy but it's okay because you're like heading in that direction towards forgiveness yeah. and i liked that because it's like you know we think of when i'm a when i was a kid you would have to be forced to apologize and be that person will be forced to say, I forgive you. I and don't know if you so had to do that. Blank. But it doesn't mean anything. Like, that sorry yeah. is meaningless, and that yeah. I forgive you is meaningless because it's, it's forced.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like an ID
0: promise or something.
1: Yeah, and I pictured from that, too, that, like, forgiveness is this, like, one act where you, like, the idea of Jesus forgiving our sins, it's like, bam, it's done. Now no. you're. it's like a judge writing off your charges or whatever. And I don't think that's no. what is meant by that like when you're living with this forgiving life path you're just not holding on to things you're letting things go um you're not using them to hurt yourself with Mm -hmm. you know
0: well and forgiveness too i actually wrote about it in my book awaken you how there's some people that you can't (laughs) you will not always be able to forgive them and there's people who you i would never go up and say do you forgive me? I forgive you. Like, Please forgive me. Like, yeah. Or like there's people who can't even take that or they're so resentful and filled with like parents is what I'm yeah. thinking of. And that, so when you, re- when you said that about forgiveness as a practice for yourself, it really resonate with that because when mm. I do my forgiveness practice, like I, I do it like laying in my bed. So maybe it's my bedtime meditation, whatever it is. <laughs> I love it. And I do it for myself and I actually did this really good like healing um exercise and I wrote a letter towards my parents and you say all of the things that you want to say and you can cuss and you can tap into your inner child and you say all the things and it was like five pages long and it was my friend who's a psychotherapist so she was like this is really healing you read it to them you imagine that they're standing there but you don't really have to read it to them because it's for me it's not for them because they wouldn't even be able to it would to no. take it all in, it yeah. It would just, it would fuck it all up. So <laughs> I literally went in my backyard and I made sure there was no one. It was when I lived in, like, a million houses, like, suburbia. And I read it, and I was bawling when I was out. Like, whoa, you fuckers. <laughs> like, you hurt me, and I never felt seen, and I never felt understood, and I felt, you know, like a ghost child. And then I took fire, because fire is, for me, it's just this powerful, and I had a fire pit, and I lit it all on fire, and I literally summoned up all the feelings, and I lit it on fire, and it was literally like this energetic, like, and I think at the end, I just said, I forgive you, mm-hmm. I forgive you for all of that, even as fucked up as it was, I fucking forgive you, and I probably said I fucking forgive you, and I lit it on fire, and it was almost like this, and it didn't, solve everything but it helped so much to name all of the things and say all of the things and it was just me for me mm-hmm. was it wasn't for them but it did feel good to just voice the things and it was a good practice
1: i like it letters letters to burn
0: letters to burn yeah forgiveness it's okay to write them and then burn them yeah up. and burn them yeah yeah
1: i love it and i think forgiveness is actually a natural kind of consequence of the compassion part where it's right. like, I like it
0: just like folds all these
1: things know. keep flowing from each other. Like when you have the awareness it's like a trickle, yeah, it all kind of floats together. And then, yeah, that forgiveness and especially for yourself, forgiveness for yourself,
0: yeah, compassion
1: for yourself, like you were saying, and just turning that back in towards yourself being like, it's okay. I made mistakes as I'm writing my memoir and editing it. Like I get to see so many mistakes and not justify them, just write them and yeah. be like, It's okay. I fucked up constantly. I
0: forgive you. I
1: forgive myself. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've, and it's okay to just live with that and be like, I wasn't perfect. And if I was perfect, would I even be a human? perfect. Not
0: perfect. No, that wouldn't even is. make sense. People who say they're perfect are not. I said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So you want to share all of your. Okay. A rundown so I'll just go back tips.
1: through the little rundown to us being an open-hearted person, living an open-hearted life. It's a state of being aware, being present, being curious, being honest, showing up with humility, compassion, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So good. I love this. This has been such a great little podcast today. I yeah. love talking about this.
0: Yeah, and I love saying the hard things. It feels good. My armpits are sweaty and it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> that means you've really done some work here. You've done some work for movements and energy. Wonderful. Yeah,
1: thanks again for being here and listening. And we're so grateful for you.
0: And I'm grateful for you, Sarah. And I'm grateful for an open hearted way of living. Thank you so much for listening to Voices Rising Press podcast. We are so grateful for you and we hope you are gaining insightful content here.
1: Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and a review. And you can read our blogs and follow us at voicesrisingpress.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Voices Rising Press. Thanks for tuning in. We'll meet you back here next week.